you are a hater <laughs> and uh, the, you know, I don't like this negativity and I will absolutely do the wave while you sit there. It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael Houndog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 87, the Rob Gronkowski edition of the podcast. I know, I know. I easily could have selected Sidney Crosby for this pod, given that he's been incredible for a decade and a half in the NHL. But really, does anyone have as much fun as Gronk? He says he's officially retired for good this time, after calling it quits once before. But does anyone really believe it? He's put together a Hall of Fame resume as one of the best tight ends in NFL history with the Patriots and the Buccaneers, alongside his buddy Tom Brady. If he has hung up the cleats for the final time, Gronk will be remembered for his dominant play and his joyful outlook on life, and he'll have lots of time to host his booze cruises. To be a fly on the wall for those CD events, holy. Speaking of CD events, my next guest has been dying to talk to me about my recent foray, good word, into speed dating for the first time. Let me tell you, it was quite the experience. It was pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. So let's get to it. Without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on my great friend Sarah Anderson. She was previously on episode 60 of this podcast, where we ranted and raved about reality shows, hockey, and other such stuff. She's a massive Calgary Flames fan, so I wanted to get her perspective on our team losing their two best players in the offseason. Welcome back to the h Dog Pod, Sarah. Hey, welcome to another episode of All Best Playoffs. Uh, oh, sorry, wrong show, wrong show. The H Dog Pod. Yes, yes, it is the H Dog Pod, not my uh, All Bets Par Off uh, golf videos <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter that you can follow, by the way, from all my golf, uh, hot golf picks. But yes, uh, welcome <laughs> to the back, uh, Sarah. Uh, how, how you been? I've been great. Uh, what episode is this? Uh, episode 87. Uh, yeah, episode 87. We're getting close to the milestone wow. 100th episode. I know, I know. Wow, we, we must celebrate that milestone. Because I know you love Milestone. <laughs> yeah, uh, Milestone's restaurant is quite good. Uh, I, I'm I'm totally fine with them uh, sponsoring <laughs> this podcast, by the way. But uh, yeah, the actual mi- active Milestones, as you know, uh, us- usually are very very useless unless it's like passing someone, you know, for like you know fifth all time in home runs or something like that. That's actually important. But yeah, just an arbitrary number of someone scoring their like 200 NHL goal, whatever. Okay, well, speaking of milestones, though, I just have to mention mm-hmm. that it is now our 11th uh, friend anniversary. 11 years, yeah, it's pretty crazy, uh, meeting on the, the Twitter machine. Although, is 11 really a milestone number? I guess 10 would have been significant, but 11 just seems but, like it's uh, lame. Listen, every year with me is significant, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. As I mentioned off the top there, big uh, Calgary Flames fan, so uh, I had to get your perspective. I talked about it briefly on the last podcast, but um, from an actual diehard Flames fan, uh, you must just be mortified and crushed about, about this offseason. I have to admit, I, I'm still sort of in shock. I haven't recovered. Um, I don't know which one hit me harder, Johnny Goudreau or Matthew Kachuk. I feel like they were both equally devastating for me um you know even right up to the day of uh I never expected Johnny to leave us Mm -hmm. I just thought you know what it's gonna work out Johnny loves Calgary he loves the fans he's such a big part of the team he can't leave us and then 
Man, he leaves you for Columbus. Like that's just got to be uh, like that's a, the, the double-edged sword. Could you see if maybe you'd want to go to a you know contending team or something along those lines, or you know somewhere really really close to home? But and that's what everyone was sort of expecting. Maybe he'd go to Philly or, or New Jersey, and he goes to Columbus. What on earth is he doing? Exactly. I mean, I'm sorry, Columbus fans, but who wants to go to Columbus? Nobody. Nobody <laughs> wants to go there. I guess maybe my only thought was the reason he wanted to go there was because the exact reason no one wants to go there. So he'd be in uh, relative anonymity, uh, good word, uh, playing there. Is that is that the only real plausible explanation? It's so weird. He's answered questions about why he left and never really answered them properly. You know, I don't I don't really know. I just I just feel like he wanted to be back in the United States. Um you know, I mean, it's not like he's any closer to, you know, he's from Jersey, but I don't know. I feel like he just, he just wanted to be in the States and he was willing to go anywhere. And and I mean, that's a, that's heartbreaking because Johnny was my boy. Like he was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm completely devastated, but my second favorite your second favorite. You can't, you can't. You can't really have second favorites. It's favorite. Listen. It's a favorite. You can't have second. No. You can't have third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Fa- it's a favorite. So you have your favorite, Johnny Goudreau. That's fine. <laughs> you can't have a second favorite. That makes no sense. Favorite implies okay. it's the implication in the word favorite. We've been debating this for years, and <laughs> I will always say you can have more than one favorite. There is there is a hierarchy. You know, your number one, your number two. So my number two was Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, he's a great player. And I also felt like he's not going to leave us. He loves Calgary. I mean, the fans love him. He has just, you know, been a fantastic person for the team, for the community. And then we get devastated again. And I wanted him to be our captain. You know, I saw it as a long-term thing. You know, he's going to lead our team. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves. It, it's very fascinating. I mean, at least uh, in this case, Calgary got something for him, unlike Johnny Goudreau, who left for nothing. So they were actually, I think a lot of people are sort of looking at the, the Flames trade there as actually a, a pretty good deal, uh, given what they got back. But, right, uh, and I, you know, I, I, like, I like Johnny Huberdeau. Uh, you know, that's exciting. But I wasn't, I wasn't willing to give up Kachuk, you know, for that. I mean, like I said, I wanted him to lead our team. So, you know, I was thinking about this now. Who's going to be the captain? Are they going to name a captain this year? Yeah, who would be the captain because, of the Calgary uh, Flames now? Uh, that's a good. That's a really right. good question. Right. You know, and I was, I was thinking, like, I, this is what I, my thought was. Like, Chris Tanev. Is he really a captain, though? I mean, I, he's obviously a good player or whatever, but, like. He's, he would, he, I think he's a great leader. Um then again, I don't know if they're going to if they're going to name him a, a captain. Uh, I read some things online. You know, they had um, Milan Lucic. No, don't agree with that. No, um, heck, heck, no. No, of course, there, you know, there's Monahan, um, Lindholm. Yes, that that's also an option. But Mangiapane, if they bring him back, it seems like they will. Ooh, I gotta love, love him. Gotta yeah. love Mangiapane. Breaking news, breaking news. The Flames re-sign Andrew Mangiapane. It's just devastating for us. Like, it's, it's, it's Johnny and Matthew. It's just it's devastating. And I, I'm still in shock. Like, I don't even really quite know how to move forward from this. Um, it's almost as devastating as when we lost Jerome McGinley. Well, mm. 
I mean, that, that literally, you know, ruined my life. Uh, but I som- somehow managed to recover. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, I mean, at least again, like you sort of understood he's, you know, at the twilight of his career, sort of wanting to chase a cup somewhere if he possibly could. That one makes a bit, you know, a bit more sense. But the Goudreau and the Kachuk ones, that, that certainly hurts, especially because Calgary has uh, Daryl Sutter as the head coach. And obviously, clearly they yeah, had a very good season. They went to the second round of the playoffs. I've always heard the fans, or sorry, the uh, the players love Daryl Sutter, so I, I can't be like, oh, maybe it, maybe they don't like him. It's possible, of course, but yeah, it, ma- ma- maybe the these it's two. It's not possible. No, exactly. It's not possible. <laughs> not possible. <laughs> Everybody loves him. So I wonder if maybe Goudreau and Kachuk had decided, uh, basically, like a year and a half before um, Sutter come come back aboard. I wonder if they decided, you know what, we're going to be gone as soon as the first time we, we uh, first chance we get. And then it's happened to be Daryl Sutter was really good and led him to the second round of the playoffs. But it, it, it's, it's very, very bizarre, uh, you know, as to why they both wanted to leave. And, of course, now uh, the speculation, because Austin Matthews is American, will the Maple Leafs have to get rid of, uh, or will he bolt Toronto in a couple of years because his contract will be done? Yeah, I mean, it could very well happen, which would be soul-crushing, obviously. Right, but, has, has you know, Johnny Gugero made it uh, very, you know, apparent that that he wanted to go, you know, his family's in, in Jersey, you know, has Austin Matthews ever talked about that? You know, that he'd want to go, you know, back to the States. I don't believe he don't has. Know. No, I don't think he has. Yeah. But I mean, up until, well, as you said, up until like the last day, I think Calgary still thought they were going to get Goudreau back. It didn't seem as obvious. Whereas, you know, Kachuk essentially said like, yeah, I'm definitely not coming back, which I mean, you have to respect, I suppose. But, uh, very, 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 very weird, and uh, yeah, who sees who? Uh, who knows how this will uh, shake out for Calgary? But uh, hopefully, uh, some of the guys that got back will end up being pretty good and won't be so bad. Well, you know, all I can say is we are resilient. We will come back. We still have the best coach of all time, Daryl Sutter, who we talked about on the last time I was on the podcast. Uh, so you know, we're not going anywhere. So I had a question here about uh, the fact that. Obviously, the, I guess, as I mentioned, the Flames lost in the second round to the Oilers, which is uh, the you know heated Ugh. battle of Alberta rival to Calgary. So when Calgary lost in that second round to Edmonton, because they're a Canadian team, the Oilers, were you then cheering for the Oilers to win the Cup? Never. Never will I ever. Good. I will not cheer for the Oilers. I will not cheer for the Canucks ever. I don't care if they're the last Canadian team. That means nothing to me. That will never happen. I was cheering for Colorado to beat Edmonton, and then they went and won the Cup. So I was very happy. No, as, as it should be. I'm glad you said that because, uh, obviously, uh, that's an homage to my previous uh, times I've ranted on this podcast about Leaf fans cheering for Montreal a couple years ago when Montre- Montreal broke Toronto's heart uh, when Toronto was up 3-1 and, of course, collapsed and choked and lost. And all of a sudden, all these Leaf fans were cheering for Montreal, which uh, they were scabs for doing so. So I figured, <laughs> I figured I knew you well enough to know that you wouldn't be like one of those fans that you have to cheer for the Canadian team. It's the dumbest thing going. Now, I love my country. So, you know, I'm all about Canada and all things, you know, Canadian. But the Oilers, they don't apply. No, they're def- really fans, but... Uh, as it I should be. I can't stand you guys. I can't stand you. Yeah, as it should be. It's not even necessarily about the team per se. It's more about the fans of the of the uh, of those teams, right? You know, them having the bragging it's, rights and all that stuff. Right. It's it's both. I mean, I, I don't like the fans. The fans are obnoxious. Uh, I, I don't like. I just no. 
No, yeah. Calgary. Calgary <laughs> is is Alberta's team, and the Oilers. Oh, I'm sorry, they're never going to be anything. I mean, I know they, you know, only have five thousand first round uh, number one picks, but <laughs> Connor McDavid sucks. <laughs> well, well, I mean, <laughs> I might be quite the hot take to say that Connor McDavid sucks, but uh, yes, I see your point. Of course, obviously, not liking him, no doubt about that. Uh, well, I said uh, to, I know you wanted to talk about this, so I, I in my introduction I discussed uh, how I went I went on uh, speed dating in Toronto here recently. Uh, have you ever done uh, that yourself? Is that something you'd be interested in doing or no? I absolutely would love to do speed dating. Never done it. Uh, you know where I live out here in Saski. You know, it's just a small city, so we don't have anything like that. But I would definitely do something like that. I wish I could go with you, but uh, you know I. I'm not there, so we can't go together. But let's talk about that. How was your first speed dating experience? It's certainly uh, uh, bizarre. Like when you first went in there, it was like sort of it was there was no signage for the event at all. It all seemed really, really hush hush and low key. It was like, am I even in the right place initially? Which was kind of uh, strange. And then it was like half an hour until it actually started. So people were just sort of like a lot of the guys were just like. You know, myself included, just sort of like hanging around at the bar area, sort of like, what do we do right now? Like, this is kind of awkward and weird. Uh, and yeah, it was a slight, like I said, slightly, not the greatest uh, organization for how it all went down, but eventually you get into the, uh, the ryth- rhythm of it. But yeah, you only have five minutes. You don't even have time to be nervous once you get going. And, and you definitely need to drink a lot of water because you're doing so much talking. Uh, it's definitely very interesting. I think I, I think I saw 12 or something like that, 13 women in uh, whatever it was, in an hour and a half, because uh, there was a bit of a break as well, an hour and a half in there. It was definitely interesting. Uh, some girls were really cool. You know, I thought I had a pretty good connection with, they didn't think so, unfortunately. Uh, but there was one that was just like pretty much even the ones that I wasn't like super into or whatever, or, or I'm sure there was, well, there definitely was some that weren't super into me. The conversations were still fine. There was one, however, that it was just like this. It was five minutes. It felt like five hours. It was the absolute worst. It was like so damn awkward. Like, what am I, like, it, it was just so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> Next, please. Mm. Yeah, that's all I can think of. I was just like, please, like, come on. Like, uh, like I said, all the other ones, like, uh, you know, the, the five-minute timer went off, and you're like, okay, oh, crap, I have to go to the next person already. That one, it just could not uh, come uh, soon enough. So it was definitely fascinating. You know, I'd be de- uh, interested in doing it again. Like, I'm not, uh, I, I don't think there was much success uh, rate uh, for me on there. Uh you know, in terms of matches or whatever, but uh, it's certainly a fun experience and a good way to sort of break the ice with people. And, uh, but then again, what, the other weird thing, once the night was over, it was like, you know, nine o'clock or something, it was mass exodus out of that place. It was very fascinating to me how everyone just scurried the heck out of there. It was really, really weird. <laughs> so tell us though, tell us how many, uh, how many matches you got? One, just the one. And, uh, there was, I think six women that I, uh, said I would may- maybe want to, uh, match with and five of them elected not to say yes to me, which was sad. And then on the other hand, there was five that said yes to me and only one that I said yes to. So, uh, you know, it works both <laughs> ways, obviously. But the, the good thing, the, the only thing I'll pat my, uh, my back on, I suppose, it said uh, something like men were selected uh, on average like 1.8 times or something, and I was selected five times. So at least it wasn't like you were selected zero times. That would have been pretty soul crushing if that was the case. Right. So that tells me. That you, my friends, are a little picky. No more. I no <laughs> more. I said yes to more women than women said yes to me. That's the exact opposite of me being picky. I said yes but, more but than I they said yes. There was five women that liked you that you didn't like. 
No, it was four women that that, that liked me. Okay, uh, four. But there was six. No, it's not sure. It was seven women that I liked, and six didn't like me. So to, to say that I'm the more picky, they're the ones that are more picky. <laughs> also, okay. by the way, well, picky picky is such a negative, a connotative word. I would like to say selective. Selective sounds yeah, so not. much uh, so much better. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. I agree with you because that's what, how I, I coined myself as selective, not picky. But, you know, I think you should go to another event, uh, see how that goes. New people, new experience. Maybe it'll be better organized. Mm-hmm. Well, I also forgot to mention, the uh, there was uh, one wo- woman, I guess, who canceled on the event. So basically, the woman who was organizing the thing was like the last person I talked to as like a placeholder for what would have been one of the women uh, that I would have talked to. <laughs> and ironically enough, uh, it was a great chat. She was awesome. She looked a lot like the host from The Circle, a great uh, reality show. And uh, <laughs> But because she wasn't actually technically part of the event, uh, there was no like thing to say yes or no to, uh, about her, so I didn't get her contact information or whatever, but... I thought that was kind of funny that I was like, no, but actually you were one of the ones I like to talk to the most, but you know, right. So you go to, you go to the next event and then you ask her for her number. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I know you uh, love to discuss uh, dating apps and some uh, amazing stories from there was uh, let's get into that. Uh, do you love uh, dating apps uh, in 2022? <laughs> I feel like, you know, dating apps and I have, sort of a love-hate relationship. Uh, I consider myself a bit of an expert on dating apps and the whole online dating scene. I have been using them for, oh, 12 years off and on. Mm-hmm. Um, met a lot of good people on there, uh, you know, and I've been lucky to not have any really bad experiences, nothing, you know, creepy or sinister has happened to me. Um, but it's very important to be very cautious, of course, uh, on dating apps. But I have had several relationships. Um, brag. From from people. <laughs> well, not, not really a brag because they obviously didn't last. <laughs> not so brag, yeah. Right. But I have met, I have met a lot of good people on there. So uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that. I feel like I don't do as well meeting people, you know, organically, like in person, you know, I, you know, I don't meet people at the grocery store, like oh, they do on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't happen like that for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I'm a big fan of the dating apps. Um, and I've pretty much tried them all. Hmm. Which one was uh, your favorite and which one was your least favorite? Uh, well, you know, plenty of fish is big out here in, in Saskatchewan, POF. So that was the first one I ever tried. Uh, it was okay. But, you know, plenty of fish has a reputation to be uh, sort of a hookup site. And yes, it is. But I, I also had a very serious relationship from, with somebody I met on there. Uh, so I didn't have any bad experiences from that. Uh, and I know that you've tried that one as well. Way back in the day. I think I was in college when I used that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize it was still a thing, actually, to be honest. It's still a thing. At least, you know, out here, I don't know what it's like in Toronto. Um, but, you know, it's, it, people use it out here all the time, uh, meet people all the time, which is great. Um, so that's not one that I'd use anymore. Um, I've, I've gravitated to different ones, but I pretty much tried them all. Uh, okay, Cupid. I actually, I, I quite like that one. 
Uh, I know. I think you used that one years ago as well. Uh, that was actually the one, that, pretty much my favorite one. Again, uh, but again, I haven't used that in ages and ages now. It's uh, been replaced uh, in terms of popularity, anyway. You know, by uh, you know Tinder or Bumble or Hinge or these types of ones. But uh, okay, yeah, I thought OK Cupid was it was okay. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I I did have a relationship which was short lived from that one, but but nonetheless, I liked it. Um, you know, I've done Tinder don't care for it um bumble bumble's nice you know it's good for the ladies i don't know if it's as good for for the men um now let's talk about your favorite dating app i don't know if you call it favorite hinge is that your favorite one right now uh i i haven't used it's been uh that's been one i used off and on for a while or whatever and uh yeah, it's just sort of, uh, it's not bad, I suppose, but it's also, especially in Toronto, it just seems so flaky and, uh, you know, uh, very, uh, I guess, materialistic or whatever, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's okay, but I do remember a while back, uh, quite a while back, there was this girl that uh, matched with me on there, and I could just sort of tell that I'm like, uh, nah, I'm just not necessarily feeling this vibe, but whatever, I'll go with it for a little while. Turns out, eventually, she's like, uh, yeah, I would like, um, uh, I'd love if uh, this Michael guy would buy me dinner. So I sort of, like, was playing dumb with it. Like, I, I knew what she was driving at, but I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool to take you out for dinner sometime. Like, whatever, whatever. Knowing full well that that's clearly not what she was talking about. She wanted me literally buy her dinner on, like, uh, skip the dishes or whatever. And uh, so the next day, it comes, comes around. I can't even remember what the circumstance was, but there was something that was upsetting me. I, I honestly can't re- recall what it was. But anyway, I was mentioning that to her and she was like trying to play it off like all like, you know, supportive and caring or whatever. And I like, go, oh, you know, that's so, that's so unfortunate. Love like she called me love and babe and all these different things, which was so <laughs> annoying. All of a sudden, after like this fake, uh, you know, uh, being nice to me, all of a sudden she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, you did say that you'd uh, buy that dinner for me uh, on Skip the Dishes. So you're going to are you uh, going to do that? So then I was like, oh, yeah, of course, of course I will. And then eventually I, just, I declined and said, you know what? I'm not really big on like just giving uh, some rando. I'd, I've never even met you before, uh, you know, buying you dinner. That's kind of weird or whatever. And then, so, so then she was like, okay, whatever. I can understand that. It's fine. I said, I could tell the, the vibe's a little bit off now. It's a little different. Uh, are we okay? And then uh, she's, oh, yeah, no, totally cool. It's all good. No problem. Never heard from her again. <laughs> I, was, I was like, it was so predictably obvious what was going on with that. So uh, it, was, oh, it was hilarious. And, you know, you have a lot of that. Uh, men and women are equally shallow in their own ways. Uh, I've had my own experiences with, you know, shallow men. Uh, but... I feel bad for you because, and I'm sorry, ladies, I feel like women in, in Toronto are very shallow. I think you should come to Saski. This is where the good girls are at. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe I'm biased. But uh, it's a it's a tough dating world out there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, here's one I'd love to, uh, a woman's perspective on. Uh, so uh, a, a while back, I met with Matt, uh, not met, I matched up with a girl, had a little bit of a conversation. It was going decently well, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then she said, oh, like, I'll be honest, like I'm going to be going to Portugal for a couple of months. So like, you know, there's no point in like, you know, I'm not going to be texting from there basically, which, and she's like, I'll, I'll hit you up in a couple of months when I'm back or whatever. I was, All right, whatever. I figured it was just uh, basically a soft ghosting of me. 
Um, so then that was uh, then like maybe five, six months go by. I don't hear from her. I'd basically forgotten all about her at that point. Out of nowhere, I get a text from her like, hey, I'm back. Been back for a while. You know, um, be cool if we can go golfing. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, sure. Fine. Like, yeah, be cool. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe go out first to get to know each other a little bit, then go golfing. Um, so then we texted a little bit. Seemed good. She's like, yeah, it's so great uh, catching back up with you. It was really, really good. Again, may I remind you, she reached out to me six months later. That was all happened in one day when she reached back out. We discussed this. Then she goes to me for the, like, the, the rest of the time after that. It's like, but you <laughs> reached out to me. Then I was like, yep, yeah, we'll definitely do that. And it seemed cool. And she said, yeah, this is a really good conversation. And then she just ghosted again. So uh, walk me through a, a mind process perhaps on that one. Because I'm yeah. totally flummoxed. Good word on that. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm just as baffled as you are with that one. Uh, I don't I don't get it. I'm not one to ghost people. I'm not down with that. I've been ghosted many many times, but that one is mind boggling because I mean, she reached out to you after months. <laughs> so if if she was just planning to ghost you, why would you reach out? You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, I was I was trying to think. Did she go away on another trip? Did she, is she, is she, you know, maybe with family? Is she not a big texter? I don't know. I'm honestly, I have, I have, I have no idea. Very weird. eh? That's just so, like, it just doesn't make any sense. It just, uh, yeah, I'm uh, so incredibly baffled by that one. So obviously it's not unless, like oh. unless she met somebody else. Sure. Uh, that, that, that definitely uh, could make sense. But I mean, I can't imagine by the time the one day that that text happened, she then all of a sudden magically met someone else by that night, and then that was it. I mean, maybe, maybe it's possible, but it's just very, very, very weird. <laughs> it is a very strange one. Maybe uh, I can go on a reality show to find love on either The Bachelor or <laughs> Love Island or these types of ones, or Too Hot to Handle, perhaps. Um, I know you do love uh, some uh, you know, some reality shows. Um, uh, on the last podcast, we uh, I talked about with my guest Taylor about how the Love Island narrator is awful. I know, I guess he's the original one, but still, I just can't stand. Him. I love the the original guy for the American one, so that's rattling me. The show is is nowhere near the way it used to be, just simply because he's not on the show anymore. So now, remember, I just started watching Love Island last year with you. Uh, it was one that you know I tried too hard to handle. Didn't care for it. I made it about 20 minutes into the first episode. Didn't care for it. Uh, but you were so insistent that Love Island was good and that I would like it. I started watching it and, of course, fell in love with it. Uh, and so I was really excited for this season. The season starts. It's switched up. There's a new host. There's a new narrator uh, who is absolutely awful. Not mm -hmm. funny at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally block that voice out. He's just horrible. Um, the host, eh, she's okay. I mean, we don't see her much, right? So uh, that's fine. Um, but the cast, uh, it's a bit of a mediocre year. Mind you, it just started. But so far, I'm just, it's kind of boring. Uh, there's not a lot of drama. It's just, it's, last year was a great cast. And this year, I'm just kind of, meh. That's interesting you say that about the cast last year because Taylor on the last episode said she hated the cast last year uh, and hated what? the uh, she hated the winners. Uh, was it Corey and uh, what was her name? I always forget names. Is it Corey? I love them. It, I forget her name now. But Rebecca? That's not Rebecca, but whatever. Something like no, that. No, not Rebecca. 
No, I know. They were great. I loved them. I loved it. I'm very surprised to hear that. And uh, yeah, she had, and then I guess they were never actually a couple or whatever. Uh, that was her thing. I, 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 she was like, no, they basically never were actually ever a couple on the show. Like afterwards, I mean, sorry. Olivia. Yeah, well, Olivia. I, I did. I do. Yes, Olivia. I do remember reading a story that they did break up. Um, but I thought they were great. So uh, that's an interesting take. What does she think of the cast from this year? Uh, well, she said basically that it was a lot of a cookie cutter, very uh, similar, you know, uh, same person, different font uh, was her, was a right. quote, like, you know, uh, which is definitely the Brazilian guy, Will from last season, uh, very similar guy this year. It does seem like there's a lot of, uh, you know, very similar traits for a lot of these people that, you know, the, the, the typical blonde, whatever, the the jacked meathead, you know, I mean, like there's oh, very similar <laughs> sort of uh, characteristics right. for all these uh, people they have on the show. And actually, it was a really good discussion about how she did say, like, um, inclusion in reality shows is better now in terms of like the circle they have, you know, gay people on, straight people, bigger people, trans people, whatever, which is really good. But she said it's very lacking though for reality shows to find love. It's essentially people who are like a size zero and, uh, you know, chiseled bodies or whatever. There's no actual representation of uh, lots of different people um, on uh, reality dating shows. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, you see the the token cookie cutter same people on every show and i mean this is every show uh you know it's not just bachelor bachelorette you know it all of them are like that and it's like that's really not real life is it the same on like shows i I don't watch like for example like uh, married at first sight and uh 90 day fiance (laughs) is it the same sort of thing for those well i mean married at first sight and 90 day fiance are a little different Hmm. Um, married at first sight. Yes, I would say it is, it is the, the sort of the thinner, you know, really good, you know, guys are in really good shape. The women are in really good shape, you know, there, but that being said, married at first sight is a little different. Like a lot of people apply for it and then the experts find matches for them. So you may or may not even make it onto that season of the show. They have to find a match for you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so it's not just about, Hey, this person's going to be on the show. Let's find somebody to go with them. It's not like that. So it's not like they're just using looks to say, Hey, you're going to be on the show. Right. Interesting. And, uh, and I'm sure those shows are probably better, uh, than, uh, for example, Real Housewives shows because they're all, of course, divorced. <laughs> so they're, ne- they're never actually real housewives or fake housewives because they're always divorced. <laughs> well, sometimes they're divorced and remarried. <laughs> but, uh, d- <laughs> right? Am I, am, I, am I wrong? I don't watch the shows, I mean, but am I wrong? A lot, a lot of them are divorced, yes. Yes, yeah. they are. The I whole mean, concept I'm name not... of the show is wrong. Right. Should be the real. Well, di- they, they should do a, a spinoff series called "The Real Divorcees of Whatever Orange County or whatever. Well, yes, they should. They should because, but you know, that's that's how the franchise started, and when it started out, they were married. <laughs> so now they just they've subsequently gotten divorces now. And I don't, you know, I, I used to be really into them. I don't watch them as much anymore. Um, you know, I've really sort of whittled down my reality shows uh you know I, i'm sorry i don't even watch big brother anymore um yeah, there's a few that? reasons for that i i'm sorry to break your heart well i was gonna ask um, about the big brother and bachelor because you don't watch uh, those shows anymore what, what's the reasons for that i <laughs> i think 
I'm just growing up a little more. I oh, didn't. So not I not up. saying that. <laughs> no, not saying that. I just I just feel like what I take in um, has changed a lot, and so really the only besides Love Island uh, and the Circle, the only reality shows that I'm I'm watching is. Married at First Sight and 90 Day Fiance. Uh, 90 Day Fiance will forever be my number one. Uh, it is a great show. I know we talked about it last time. You don't watch it. Uh, my life revolves around 90 Day Fiance. Uh, every it's usually on Sundays. Uh, there's a bunch of spinoffs from it. It's just it's a great show. But it also uh, because they have so many spinoffs. Like, it takes up a lot of my time. Mm. I don't have a lot of time Brag. for these other shows. And that's another reason why, you know, uh, you know that my priority is always hockey. And then my second priority, obviously, would be the Jays mm-hmm. um, when hockey isn't on in the summer. So so those are my priorities. Like, sports come first. Uh, and those and are, then if I, that's good priorities. If I, have time, if I have time for something else, you know, I'll, I'll fit it in. Well, so. uh, I love that, uh, you know, Big Brother and Bachelor, a uh, bridge too far for you, but 90 Day Fiance, that, that is absolutely the, <laughs> the the salt of the earth show, uh, clearly. Uh, I love that, the stand-up. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing, though, it's different every time, you know, it's different people, it's different couples, um, they're coming to the States, they're going uh, overseas to other countries, uh, so it's, it's different, and The Bachelor and Bachelorette, I mean, there's how many seasons now, countless seasons. It's the same thing over and over again, and I think. Well, this season, uh, <laughs> this season, the Bachelorettes are actually kind of fascinating because uh, it's a dueling Bachelorettes, uh, Gabby and Rachel. So they're both trying to find love at the same time, talking to the same guys, and then, then uh, of course, uh, then it's like, okay, the guys have to pick a lane, which whichever one of the girls, and then. Rachel gave a couple roses to some of these guys and they said, actually, no, sorry, I'm more into Gabby, which was, of course was good TV. And like, so it's actually, I must say, after a few lean seasons of the Bachelor franchise, uh, it's a definitely uh, seems to have been, it's gotten better again, I, I would say, absolutely. Really? That's interesting because to me, that doesn't seem, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel like I would be interested in that at all. Well, that's your loss because it is actually a good, good TV and uh, so much drama and absolutely it's amazing. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing, though. I'm a hopeless romantic and I'm watching it for people to find love. I'm not watching it for the drama. So I'm probably in the minority in that sense. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I'm sure that definitely a lot of people want to find love. Now, this reality show I'm going to mention to you isn't, uh, well, it's, I guess you could find love on it, but it's not about finding love. Uh, you have to watch a claim to fame, a new reality show, which is always on after the bachelorette, a uh, very, very fascinating show. Basically, I think it's 12 or 14 contestants, something like that. And they're all related to someone famous. And there's all, and there's clues throughout every episode that, that the players know. And then I guess the audience can also see, uh, as to who they're related to. And essentially, uh, they uh, end up going to the final, uh, two people and they, they pick w- one person to be the guesser. That guesser has to guess who, whichever person they think is, uh, related to, to their, their celebrity. If they're right, they stay in the game. If they're wrong, they're out of the game. And uh, some very, very fast... I think it's only, a, you know, whatever, a month into the this reality show. Definitely very, very new. I don't think I've seen anything like this on TV. Pretty interesting. Uh, and I'm sure you would love it because, uh, you know, you'd love to be able to try to figure out whose celebrity matches... which person matches which celebrity. Yeah, that sounds actually really good. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're due for some new 
different kind of shows, and this sounds like one of them. So, you know, I, I'm definitely going to be down uh, to check it out. I haven't watched it yet, but I plan to. And, uh, you know, I definitely uh, trust your judgment, so I'm going to check it out. You trust my judgment, except for when I said Too Hot to Handle was really good. But anyways... No, that, that was terrible. No, the first season was really good. <laughs> uh, I will admit, the seasons after that weren't, weren't as good, but the first season was very good because it was such an interesting concept that they can't be making out, they can't be trying to basically hump each other the five seconds into the show <laughs> unless they want to lose money for the group uh, if they did that. So the concept was yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess if that's what you're looking for, that that's not really the kind of show I'm looking for at this point in my life. So, you know... Very fascinating stand to take on that one. By the way, uh, a, a complete total side tangent, but uh, potentially talking about cutting things out or maybe they're st- you're still interested in it. I'm not sure, but uh, again, I, I'll admit this is a wild tangent, but uh, Wordle. We both love Wordle, uh, and it was so good <laughs> until the, uh, the New York Times, I believe, it took it over. Are you uh, getting to the point where you want to cut that out? Or are you still uh, into it? Because it just seems it's not as fun as it used to be. Um, I'm never going to cut it out. I'll tell you that right now. I am I'm definitely a Wordle addict. However, it is very disappointing. It's just not good anymore. It's not good. It's, um, you know, it, for those who haven't played Wordle, you need to. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a five letter word, right? Mm-hmm. Every every day there's a new one. Um, and in the beginning. It was so good. It was, you know, different words that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, and and it was difficult, you know. And now it's just, I don't know. They're just lame words. Like, I'm sorry, but the New York Times, they just, they took it over and they ruined it. Well, what uh, I, I especially don't like about it, I can't even think of a good example right now. But essentially, uh, you know, um, you can have like four letters that are, uh, like they're easy to find. And then that fifth letter uh, once you get to say, say after two guesses, you have four of the five letters, and then it, it, the one letter could repl- could be, have the same for like you know five different words or whatever. So essentially, it's just a guessing game of what that could be or whatever. Uh, it's just it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I guess uh, one that came to mind: uh, blame or flame. Uh, I guess there's no other example. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> there's, I guess that's only two examples. I'm I'm, I'm, think, I'm sure I'm thinking. Uh, I'm forgetting other ones, but essentially, um, if you have four of the letters, that fifth letter is just one extra letter. It could be uh, five different times, uh, five different words, and just uh, you're just basically guessing which letter is correct on that one. It's, it doesn't. It's not really a lot of skill to that. Right, right, and it's just sort of a fluke if you if you happen to guess the right one, and so it's just it's just not as not as fun anymore. It's just. I don't know. I guess I still do it because it's just kind of a routine. I usually do it um, at night when I'm laying in bed before I go to sleep. But it's just not it's not challenging like it used to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I definitely uh, I still do it as well. And I love it as well. Um, Are you going to give it up, though? No, no, I definitely won't give it up. Although, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, I can't imagine we get to this point, but I, I used to love HQ Trivia for like a year and a half, two years. That show was the hottest thing. So many people played that. Over you know, millions of people were playing that game. And then uh, then they, they switched to host, and it never was the same after that. It was okay. But then they tried all sorts of different models for it. And then there was like, uh, I think the guy who created that actually passed away. He was in his like 30s. So then there was like this uh, power struggle over the app, and then it was just uh, it was just a mess. And I think they occasionally still have shows, but even I don't play that anymore. And I was a diehard, diehard player of that. 
So I could see I maybe. I forgot but, about that. Mm. I forgot about that. Yeah, I used to. I I wasn't as diehard as you, but I I played it now and then. Uh, but I totally forgot about that one. It was a fun, uh, definitely a fun game. But then, yeah, just uh, I still remember trying to get uh, on the last question. I thought for once, without having to use any, uh, you know. Um, uh, power-ups or whatever or like you know uh, second guests or any of these things i thought i finally nailed one on the last question the, qu- uh, the question was um what uh in mr rogers neighborhood wh- how does like the, the 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 jingle go is it uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood is it a beautiful day in, in uh a neighborhood or is it, is it a beautiful game day in this neighborhood is it the <laughs> ah or the, uh, this what would you say the the neighborhood. Uh, I put the no, and I was so, uh, oh, I got this one. Finally, I, no, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. It's this neighborhood. And uh, pretty much me and everyone else got, got that one wrong. Ooh. Yeah, so that, that was yeah. so crushing. Like, I, thought, I thought I finally nailed one. And then, uh, uh, of course, I've gotten some other ones when it was like, but, it, you know, nothing nothing to the level of, like, I finally, it would have been, no, whatever, 18 cents I would have won. I don't, it's not about the money. It's about saying you won. Sadly, I did not, which was, uh, that, that one hurt. <laughs> okay, so uh, can we discuss what you're doing today after this pod? Yeah, well, I was just going to say uh, we should, uh, we should uh, wrap this up with Blue Jays Talk. You mentioned them, of course, uh, earlier, and I uh, had uh, in, in the previous pod, as I've had several times discussing about Charlie Montoyo. Of course, now it's been a few weeks now that he's uh, been let go by the Jays, and to this point, they've been very, very good under John Schneider. Uh, and and I never had an opinion on him, and basically no one has ever had an opinion on him. But I know you actually did have an opinion <laughs> of Charlie Montoyo. So are you happy he's gone, or are you upset? Well, see, my opinion is, uh, you know, my opinions are strange. Uh, I just decide whether yeah. I like somebody or not, and uh, I, you know, I like Charlie. I like Charlie uh, as a person. Now that I've never met him, obviously, this is based off purely just seeing him on TV. Um, I thought he was a good person. However, in sports, uh, we don't just, you know, keep people on because they're, you know, a good person. Uh, so it seems that things are going really well uh, without him there. I'm a fan of John Schneider. I like John Schneider. So, uh, you know, that's great for him. It's a great opportunity for him to step up and, um, you know, is he going to get the, the full-time spot? Certainly, that remains to be seen, you know, but... It certainly uh, seems like, uh, I think there was a lot of chatter that if he would have been uh, in the offseason, there would have been other teams that would have been interested in hiring him as the manager. So I guess the Jays were sort of like, you know what, we got to see what this guy has because we may lose him for nothing and then right. you know, be trying to find another manager if we did get, uh, get rid of Montoya. So I guess that was their perfect storm when they lost. I think it was 9 of 10 uh, getting swept in four in Seattle. I think that was a perfect storm to get rid of uh, Montoya. Right. And that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Uh, and, you know, it's worked out really well. Of course, I know you and I both uh, love Gibby and definitely miss Gibby. So, you know, I would have been happy to see Gibby come back. But, you know, John Schneider's doing a really good job. And, uh, you know, it's been exciting. As of this recording, which is Friday, which, as you mentioned, as you alluded to, I'm going to the game tonight with uh, a previous uh, podcast guest, uh, Michael DeWong. Uh, No, they're they're on fire. They're doing great, which is awesome to see. And, uh, you know, they'll they'll be in the playoffs as as a wild card team. And then, you know, you get in the playoffs. Who knows from there? Right. And, you know, don't jinx it. They're going to win tonight. They're not going to go on a losing streak. Wrong. Hound Dog was a jinx. They lost that game. They're doing awesome. Well, that and, uh, you know, 
I'm still waiting for you to take me to a game. Uh, I've never been to a Jays game, and you promised me you would take me to a game sometime. I'm still waiting 11 years, but... Really, Hound Dog? Really? Come on, man. Brutal. <sighs> well, I mean, uh, I... I... You have to have an Edwin Encarnacion jersey, your favorite Blue Jay, I believe, of all time, and have a foam finger uh, thingy. That then you're able to uh, enter the uh, the Sky Dome. <laughs> yes, uh, Edwin is my favorite Blue Jay of all time. Uh, definitely need to find myself a vintage uh, Edwin jersey. And yes, you will be buying me a foam finger at the game, uh, and so I can embarrass you by waving it around all the time. And just, uh, yeah, okay, oh, hold on. Uh, may I ask one thing of you? Uh, and if you say uh, no to this, I'm not going to ever take you to the Blue Jays game. Uh, you probably know what I'm going to say. If, if the wave comes around, do not get up and do not participate. Can you can you agree to that? Absolutely. Absolutely will participate in the wave. Okay, well, you're never going to the Blue Jays game then. <laughs> I love the, I don't know what you're, you're so you know. It's so dumb hate of the wave it's is so like, dumb it's so fun it's so fun for the crowd to get it's involved so like waiting for it to come around and yeah you stand up and yes you are just you are a hater <laughs> and uh the, you know i don't like this negativity and i will absolutely do the wave while you sit there the uh the my disdain for it is actually becoming my favorite part <laughs> of it uh, more than actual Waving or not waving, my hatred toward it is becoming my favorite part of the wave. So uh, it definitely <laughs> serves its purpose anyway. So uh, yeah. Only person in the stadium not doing the wave. <laughs> no, the I dog. definitely know. There's a lot of people who uh, are on <laughs> my side of the right side of history uh, on my side. Oh, of it, so. yeah, right. No, I don't think so. But. <laughs> well, Sarah, this has been an absolute, absolute blast catching up again. And uh, yeah, perhaps uh, I'll have you on for a milestone edition episode of this uh, podcast. <laughs> It's been a blast. Uh, time has flown, and uh, we will chat to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Bang. Bang. That was a blast talking to my great friend, Sarah Anderson. I feel so bad for her that her beloved Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk left the flames. Our chat about speed dating and dating apps was hilarious, along with her shared love of reality shows, even if she doesn't watch The Bachelor and Big Brother anymore. Boo! Here's hoping we can get to a Blue Jays game soon and perhaps cheer on the eventual World Series champions. Speaking of the Jays, just days after recording the pod with Sarah, Toronto made a few moves at the trade deadline to bolster the squad. So I thought, who better to discuss those deals than a past guest for a bonus discussion? So without further ado, let's get cracking again. Okay, now welcome back on the star editor of this podcast, Grant Nabesy Roberts. He was on episodes 22, 50, and 70 and he wanted to chat about the Blue Jays' trades and how awesome his summer has been, Bragg. Welcome back to the H-Dog Pod, Grant. Thanks again for having me. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty, pretty good. Well, I must say nice. I'd be, be a little bit better if the Blue Jays' trades weren't a little bit underwhelming, I guess. Although, they hopefully, they weren't insignificant, the trades. But uh, what were your thoughts? I can only imagine sort of feeling the same way. That's, you know, that was the, that's the perfect word to use for it. It's exactly how I feel. I mean... I think they made enough. And by the way, sorry, I'm no, I'm no Steve Phillips baseball insider, but I think you and I working together and oh. where we work is help out, you know, helps out with leaning on resources and people to talk about this stuff. But that being said, I oh, think I thought you were. Whoops, that's awkward. <laughs> I think they made enough moves to make the playoffs, obviously, but I don't think they made enough moves to do damage in the playoffs. Yeah, um, for sure. Right. It, it, well, yeah. That's all. I guess we'll recap the trades here. Uh, and most of these pl uh, names, I'm not going to you know lie. Some of these names, anyway, I definitely had never heard of. But 
They uh, they they traded their first round pick from 2018, Jordan Groshans, uh, top 100 prospect in baseball, to the Marlins for Canadian reliever Zach Pop. It'd be awesome if he, if he was a, a hitter with the last name Pop. That'd have been great. Yeah. Uh, Canadian reliever Zach Pop and Anthony Bass. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know that name. He, I think he's a pretty good reliever. I'd for, I'd forgotten the Blue Jays had him a couple of years ago, and he was good for them. Uh, then they got uh, the, probably the most interesting one, Whit Merrifield from the Royals. And he, of course, was anti-vaxxer, made a lot of comments about not coming to Canada when he was with the Royals yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. They got, they got him for a couple of uh, players, minor leaguers. And then the Mitch White, who's like a swing man, maybe a starter from the Dodgers, perhaps in the same vein as Rock Stripling a couple of years ago for a couple of minor leaguers, which also ties in a Stripling, uh, you know, going onto the injured list here as well. So hopefully that won't be too long. Those are the, the 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 deadline deals for the Jays. Yeah, I mean they they added some arms. They didn't give up a lot, really. I mean that first round pick from 2018, Josh Groshams. He, I don't think he was impressing anyone this year. Jordan, yeah, yeah, he definitely was uh, definitely struggling. Uh, for, uh, I think he only had like one home run in AAA or something. Yeah, Zach Pop, he's like he hardly walks any guys, and he's ground balls all day. Like, like you want to bring him in if you got a runner on first or something like that. And Anthony Bass, um, I just remember him a little bit from a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, you're, you're um, probably thinking of Ace of Bass there. It's Anthony Bass. Oh, you know what? I always you have your every, music. No, you know why there. I do that? Because every time I look at the word bass spelled like that, I I think of the the or bass spelled like that. I think of the instrument. That's just my the way my brain <laughs> right. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The English All right, I'll call them bass. Whatever. <laughs> the, the English language is a fascinating thing. It's uh, by far the hardest language to learn. Uh, it makes no sense <laughs> for reasons like that. And for I don't know what's going to happen with Merrifield because now the Jays aren't back from the their road trip until August twelfth. They're playing Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I like I'd really like to. Is he now? Is he or is it Ben Ben and Teddy the one that said, "Well, if I get traded to a contender, I'll see what happens." Was that Merrifield or I think that was Ben and Teddy uh, uh, oh, okay. who eventually got traded to the Yankees a few weeks before the deadline there, yeah. uh, or yeah. a week or so. Uh, but I think also Merrifield. I, I remember him making some comments that he had to sort of backtrack on and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean that," and you know, uh, I was just sort of rambling and all this stuff. And well. I don't know. I guess anyway. we'll find out over the next 10 days what happens, right? Yeah, like, uh, as you said, you know, Noah Syndergaard, former Blue Jay uh, draft pick, uh, was uh, rumored to maybe come to Toronto. That would have been exciting to have a, you know, a big, big name. Although, apparently the stats, anyway, bear out that uh, Mitch White for the Dodgers had a better year than, than Syndergaard. So, uh, you know, hey, look, the, the trades they've done, of course, you're never going to win all of them. The Rowdy Telez one certainly at this point doesn't look great for Trevor no. Richards. But for the most part, they've done a pretty darn good job here in Toronto with their trade. So um, I'm going to trust uh, this management group that knows what they're doing, even if those trades weren't uh, super splashy. Yeah. I mean, Mitch White, he's he's made 10 starts, but he's way better as a, a relief guy. And you know what? I was looking online. Dodgers fans are not happy with that trade either. They like White. They, they think he's pretty clutch. Hmm. I don't know. He has a 370 ERA. I don't know how clutch that is, but... Um, Dodgers fans were not happy with that trade. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's a, that's, that's a good call that uh, perhaps we are getting a, a good player then. Yeah, obviously the other big team, teams in the American League made big deals. Yankees getting uh, Frankie Montas and, of course, the uh, yep. Benintendi we talked about there. Mariners getting Luis Castillo. So those those trades certainly were you know much more of higher magnitude. But uh, it does yeah. seem like the Jays probably haven't done enough to win the World Series. But then again... The Braves got into the playoffs last year. We're missing a couple of key players, and they, they ended up winning. So that's true. Get in the playoffs, you never know, right? And Ben and Tendi, I mean, 
as of last, I watched the game last night after the after the Jays game, and he is not like he's one for twenty, and he had three strikeouts last night. It's well, almost he's almost like a Gallo from last year at the trade deadline, and he and the Yankees got rid of him this time around because he was he was hitting like a buck sixty or something in the. And the whole season and a bit that he's played for the Yankees, it was not good. Yeah, and he got traded to the Dodgers actually there, so it all comes full circle. Blue Jays, Dodgers, Yankees, they all seem to be intertwined here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, speaking of the Dodgers, horrible news. Uh, you know, Vin Scully uh, passed away. Uh, I think I believe he was 94 years old. Just an absolute legendary broadcaster. I know you're, uh, spoiler alert, a little bit older than me, so uh, you, he was more <laughs> in his prime doing World Series and stuff um, when, uh, when you were younger. Yeah, I was just getting into watching World Series, uh, and so I remember the, you know, his Boston call and his um, Kirk Gibson call and stuff like that in the in the later '80s. Two out, three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. Now the Dodgers don't need the muscle of Gibson. As much as a base hit. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. That's the voice I grew up with when I started really getting into baseball. So, I mean, I knew he was older, and, but it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's sad. But um, his voice will live on through all our highlights and top tens forever. Absolutely, and sort of like you know, uh, hopefully not for a while, but when you know, when the day when Bob Barker passes away, or or Bob Cole, like these legendary you know figures in their respective careers, it's obviously so sad. But yeah, Vince Scully, like you know, I didn't really uh, grow up with him, but of course, I even in the last several years, having worked at TSN, doing some Dodgers games, uh, you know, covering them, and Vince Scully was just the best. He just he he could spin a tale so so well. Obviously, he was focused on baseball, but he also had some great tales and stories during the broadcast. And considering like he did it for all those years by himself, how he was able to do it every single game, he was just he was just one of a kind, one of a kind, just the best. Yeah, and when you say the way he describes things, like what, that one, the the I forget his name, the, the LA Dodger that was uh, taking the bucket of balls and chucking them all over the field. Melvin Bradley has thrown baseballs like rice at a wedding. <laughs> just like. <laughs> Uh, just the best. He's uh, he's one of a kind, as we said, and uh, yeah, very very sad, of course. Yeah, uh, he'll be missed. Yep. Yeah, no, it's uh, he's the best. No doubt, no doubt about that. There's no, of course, segue from that. But uh, other baseball stuff. Uh, how are, are you? Are you playing ba- any baseball this year at all uh, with your team? Or oh yeah, yeah, good beer league D division baseball, but it's fun. Slow pitch. We're in the uh, our team is called the Bad Dogs, and we're in the Oshawa Slow Pitch League. But it's fun. It's well, first time we got to play this year in, in since 2019. So it's just fun hanging out with the guys. And, and I, you know, we're doing well this year. We're in third place. I think we're 9-5-1. and one. Ooh, And, um, yeah, well, yeah, and the tie is my fault too, Hound Dog, because I was up in the bottom of our last inning with the bases loaded and two, and two out, and I popped up. Oh, dear. That was a fail. I had I had come through. I'll be honest with you. I had come through a few times before that with walk-offs. I did not that time, and the game ended in a tie because uh, you can't go extra innings because there's other teams waiting to play behind you, and mm-hmm. lost a point out of it. But hey, we still we're still doing well. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I love playing it. It's, it's slow pitch. Um, you get it's uh, outdoors. It's in the sun. Uh, it's, some games are at night with the mosquitoes down by the lake, but 
uh, other than that, it's I love playing it. It's so much fun. And I'm sure I'm assuming your stats are incredible. I, I I miss playing softball. I played in high school for you know a number of years, and I played it again a few years ago again. And of course, I, I can't remember remember if I've said this on this podcast before, but I uh, used to always think I was a switch hitter, and I, but I felt really comfortable hitting left-handed in high school. Uh, and but I would never hit right-handed in the games, even though I practiced both. And right. then I was so bad hitting left-handed. I was so bad. In a playoff game, I switched to right-handed, and my, my teammates were like, what the heck are you doing, man? You're brutal left-handed. Like, they were so <laughs> upset. And then it came to realize that was like my last year of playing ball, and in the last few games, I was actually good with it. I came to realize after hitting left-handed all those years, because I'm left-handed in hockey, uh, I actually am right-handed. So, uh, But it doesn't feel natural at all. So then many years ago, like I said, I started playing base, uh, softball again, I, again, try hitting left-handed, kept missing everything. All right, I guess I'll switch to right-hand. doesn't feel normal. And, of course, I was hitting the ball pretty well. So it's like all those years I was struggling and well, very upset hitting. I was hitting the wrong side. <laughs> well, you might, you know what? We, uh, our coach on our team does keep stats, and I'm looking at it. So according to his page, in slow pitch this year, D division, I am batting 619. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you should be on the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you could be the extra bat they need to make their World Series run. Well, I mean, look, in slow pitch, you should be probably hitting at least 500. And, uh, like our leader, the guy who just hits like a ton, he's, bat- he's hitting 745. <laughs> but look, my, um, my, my OPS is 1.398. I'm happy with that, so I'll go with that. Well, that's, that's pretty cool that uh, they have stats like that. That's, that's yeah, really I, love, well, sure. I love looking at it. It's nice. Yeah, that's a good job. Uh, that, that's really cool. Well, I guess you'll probably be, uh, I know uh, you'll be going to the cottage here, I believe. You're, so I guess you'll be missing out on some baseball coming up. Uh, yeah, what are you doing for those two weeks off? Uh, it sounds like you're having a pretty sweet summer. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, same as last year when we talked. Uh, we're going to go, we've rented a cottage we're going to go to, and that basically has no cell service or any service of any kind. So there'll be no editing involved. I thought I should let people know that why. You just came off your si- your summer hiatus, and now we've done a couple, and now I go away for a couple of weeks. So um, that's about it. I have no other plans. Go up there, sit on the dock, uh, read a book, have maybe a pop or two. Yeah, and I'm, I hope anyway uh, you, you at least have some service to be able to watch some Blue Jays games. Or? No, that'll be radio only. There's no he doesn't. There's no TV up there. Wow. Well, that is uh, going back, harkening back to good word uh, to some old uh, older times. Uh, it does. It. it reminds me of when my parents rented a cottage when we would go up there and listen to the Jays games on the radio. I do. Uh, I haven't listened to the Jays on the radio in many years. I'll admit, but it is it is a nice sport. I do find uh, it's rather soothing to listen to them on the radio uh, when I used to listen to them anyway. Yeah, I remember the first time I ever listened to them on the radio. My my mom. It was like I was a kid. I was thirteen. It was the beginning of October, and my mom, it was a Saturday afternoon, my mom said, come in here, come in here really quick. And I said, what? And she said, the Jays are about to win their first pennant. And so I listened to the last two outs against the Yankees, and that was the, that's, when I, that's, when, that's when I got into baseball, like really, really into baseball, Just following the Jays and Dave Steeb, who was my favorite player and stuff like that. So, yeah, I listened to the game on the radio always brings back good memories. Hopefully, uh, you know, the kids of today will be listening or I guess probably watching the Blue Jays and, uh, you know, they'll have a nice little extended run here in the playoffs and maybe hopefully, you never know, World Series title. And then uh, they can have their own memories of, uh, you know, the players that they grew up uh, with watching, you know, Boba Shett and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and all those guys. So Exactly. Yep. Um, well, yeah, it's been awesome uh, chat, Grant. I love uh, catching up as always. Um, Me too, man. Thanks. Yeah, the um, actually, I must say though, uh, I, I'm, I'm presuming, although I, I'm not too sure, 
Uh, are you uh, still doing the music thing with uh, your band, Jasper's My Melt? Yes, we are. Yep. Thanks. Um, we, uh, I mean, it takes forever to get any sort of things done, especially the second album when all three guys have their own lives, and especially when one of the guys is, is even busier now than he's ever been. But um, so what we do is when we get a song done, occasionally we'll release it as a single, just kind of promote the album, stuff like that. And we've done that recently with a song called Places Called Home. That came out a couple of months ago, and uh, we just keep on plugging, and we'll uh, do stuff when we can. We just recorded some drums last month, and uh, you know, whenever it happens, it happens. But it's fun; it's it's a lot of fun. Yep. Well, I think uh, we should uh, end this podcast. This has been fantastic with Sarah Anderson talking about the Flames, reality TV, uh, dating, and then the Blue Jays, of course. And you're also talking about the Blue Jays. I think we should end this podcast with one of those songs, if you if you, if you'd like. Okay, awesome. We'll play a clip from uh, what I, the one I just mentioned. We'll play uh, Places Called Home then. Beautiful. Awesome. Great chat, my friend. And uh, have a sweet uh, couple weeks. I won't hear from you, of course, as you said. Have a couple uh, great weeks uh, at the old cottage. Thanks, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks again for having me on. It's been awesome. Thanks. Bye. This has been the H Dog Pod with your host, Michael Hound Dog Harrison. Mm bang. Mm bang. Mm bang. Mm bang. Mm bang.